0: Hello and welcome to the show. Let's talk about time because time really is something that we all deal with from time to time. Speaking of time, of course, (laughs) we think about the time that it takes to do something, that we have no time for things, that I wish I had more time. And when you stop to think about how much time we actually have, you can think about it in terms of How much time we have in a day. So we have 24 hours. You can think about how much time we have to live, how much time we have on planet Earth. There's so many ways that you can think about time. And when you think about time in reference to how many hours we have during the day. So, as I mentioned, we all have 24 hours. So, let's think about how those 24 hours are spent. So on average, you might be sleeping, let's say, eight hours. So that leaves 16 hours. If you're working in a full-time job, that can take possibly eight hours. That leaves us eight hours. Now, part of those eight hours that are left over are time that you spend eating, doing chores, traveling to and from work, unless you're working from home, bathing, relaxing in front of the TV, watching Netflix, maybe (laughs) spending more than a few hours, depending on how you're feeling. But we use those hours in a way that either suits us based on our routines and what we're doing that day, or we mix it up depending on what's happening in our lives. So for me, I think about what can I cram into those hours? And I like to think about how much I can accomplish, but not always in the right way. So for instance, if I'm going from point A to point B, somewhere in the middle, I think, well, you know, since I'm on the way to point B, I can stop here and take care of something. And in my mind, it doesn't take me long. Oh, you know what? It'll only take me 10 minutes. When in reality, it probably took half an hour and that half an hour that i didn't put into my planning meant that i arrived at point b late and that has been the story of most of my life is that i i'm always late now the thing about late people is that i'm keeping somebody waiting and it's not my intention to have them wait it's not that i think that my time is more important than theirs it's that i feel that i can get a lot more done By slipping in those little errands that weren't planned. And what happens when I do that is, first of all, then I'm arriving late and I'm apologizing and I'm feeling rushed. And if I know that I have to be somewhere important, and not saying that meeting a friend for coffee (laughs) isn't important because that is. But let's say if I'm going for an appointment or I'm going for a job interview or I'm doing something that Has to be done by a certain time. And if I'm running late, I'm panicking. I'm stressed. I probably drive a little faster than I should, keeping an eye, of course, on the speed limit because the last thing I need is a ticket, which I have received in the past, let me tell you. But it's that feeling of panic, that adrenaline that kicks in. And sometimes having that adrenaline kick in can be a good thing. It's, you know, that fight or flight feeling that. It pushes you to do something. But when the adrenaline kicks in and now you're fighting to get to where you need to go, it's not a good feeling. And I actually don't like that feeling because then when I finally arrive, it's like, okay, I'm here. Right. And it's just now I can sort of relax, but no, I can't because now I'm here for the appointment. And so rather than, you know, taking time again, back to time, if I left even 10 minutes earlier, Than I thought I would. That gives me time to drive according to the speed limit, to think about my destination, where I'm going, to arrive at my destination, again, 10 minutes early, provided, of course, that the traffic, you know, if I took into account that I've got an appointment around four o'clock, which is rush hour, I might want to leave perhaps 20 minutes early just to make sure that I'm not stuck behind a lineup of cars. You know, sometimes rush hour can be like a parking lot where nobody's moving. And I've been stuck behind cars that are not moving and I'm panicking again because I'm running late and it's like, ah, I can't get anywhere. And so sometimes I just have to resign myself to the fact that I can't move and I have to deal with the consequences of getting to where I am late. But back to leaving earlier. So again, in that scenario of rush hour traffic, if I left 20 minutes early, I might not be panicking that I'm stuck behind some cars. I mean, of course, if there's a car accident or there's something that prevents me out of my control, I mean, I did everything I could, leaving early, making sure I'm planning to get there early, things happen. And if it's not a regular occurrence, people will understand. They might be a little worried, but if I'm always running late and I'm offering excuses, people get tired of excuses. You know, I'm sorry I was late. I I was even running this way. I was doing that. You know what? It gets pretty tired. And it's back to thinking about how are you spending your time? What are you doing with your time? Is it worth the rushing around? Is it worth the last minute? Oh my goodness, I forgot this. And so I've got to run out. And what's interesting about time is sometimes we think we would like to stop time. You know, I'd like to stop time right now and capture that moment or i'd like to go back in time and think about spending more time with my mother as i mentioned in previous episodes my mother died when i was 24 years old i was 8 months pregnant with my son and when you're in your early 20s or at least for me in my early 20s newly married pregnant busy working i didn't spend a lot of time having those conversations with my mother about where she was from. I mean, I knew a little bit from stories that she used to tell me, but I never learned where she grew up in Poland. I never knew how many brothers and sisters she had. I know she told me that they died from typhoid when she was a young girl. She told me a little bit about traveling the world with my grandfather and grandmother because my grandfather was in the Polish army. And so she told me a little bit about some of the places that she traveled to. But there's a lot that I didn't know. There's a lot of the history. There's a lot about her feelings about the hardships that she went through, that I would have loved to have sat down and had that conversation with her, but I didn't. And so if I had a chance to do some time traveling, I'd love to go back and have those conversations. And speaking of time travel, it's an interesting concept to think about going either back in time, or traveling into the future. And sometimes depending on whether you have a certain goal in mind. So when you're thinking about traveling into the future, you're not physically traveling into the future, but you're doing that through your mind. Again, thinking, this is my goal. This is my two-year, five-year, 10-year plan. This is where I see myself. But it's putting it down in writing. It's putting down that plan. It's making some action steps to get there. Because dreaming about it, wishing that, oh, you know what? In five years, I see myself having my own recording studio, perhaps, or perhaps I'm living in Mexico. Oh, wouldn't that be lovely? But what am I doing about it? Where are my plans? Where are my steps that I'm going to take to get there? And it's thinking about how you're using your time. Now, another way that I want to talk about time is I read a book. It's called The Big Leap by Gay Hendricks. In this book, Gay talks about taking that leap from good to great. But how he puts it is that going out of your zone of excellence, so your zone of excellence is where you are comfortable. It's whether you're doing your job, it's whatever you're doing that you do really well, that people rely on you to do whatever that is. It pays the bills and gets things done, but it isn't something that lights you up. doesn't mean that you don't love what you're doing, or maybe love might be a stronger word, but it isn't that you don't like what you're doing. Because if you didn't like it, you wouldn't be doing it. Or maybe you're doing it because you have no choice. It's what you've been doing and you can't see yourself going anywhere else. But Gay talks about your zone of genius. Now, this is where the concept of time comes into play. Because when you are in your zone of genius, time actually does stop still. I know it's crazy to think that, but bear with me for a second. Think about a time. When you were doing something that you were totally lost in the moment, you were filled with a sense of joy. You were filled with a sense of purpose. For me, when I feel that way, I can feel the hairs on my arms stand up. I feel this sense of lightness in my body. It's like I'm I'm lit from within, and I'm lost in whatever it is I'm doing. I'm in the moment. And when I check to see what the time is, two hours have gone by. Two hours have gone by that I'm in the middle of doing whatever it is that I'm doing. I'm in my zone of genius. And that two hours felt like minutes because I was not paying attention to the time. I was lost in the moment of being in my zone of genius. And when you're in the zone of genius, you know, that that is where you are supposed to be. But what's interesting is that most of us don't get to be in the zone of genius very often. And when we do experience it from time to time, we don't really stay there. We're more in our zone of excellence because that is our comfort zone. That is where we know what we're doing. zone of genius is taking that big leap. So why is it important to take that leap. Thinking about what I've mentioned about time is that when you're in your zone of excellence, you are somewhat tied to time. The time that you're putting into it, the time that it takes you to do whatever it is you're doing, you're passing the time doing what you're doing. But in the zone of genius, you are using time to your advantage in the sense that time is irrelevant. To what you're doing. I want to think about Albert Einstein and his theory of relativity. He basically states that when we speed up, time slows. Now, does that mean that we go fast, like physically fast, like I'm walking fast, I'm running fast, I'm talking fast right now, that time is going to slow down? It means, in my opinion, the way that I sort of interpret that is that when we speed towards that zone of genius, time slows down for us. Now, I know in my example of being lost in the moment and two hours went by, that doesn't mean that time actually slowed. I mean, time still went down counting the seconds, the minutes, the hours, but it slowed down for us in the sense that we didn't acknowledge or feel that time was moving. And so for us, even though it was two hours, it felt like minutes for us in a sense because we were lost in that moment. And what Gay also talks about in his book is, again, the idea of time. So when we think about time in a sense of, I don't have time for that, or I'm too busy because my time is all tied up. Again, we have 24 hours. you know. So aside from sleeping and working, we have eight hours that we can do something. We can find the time to do something. One example he puts in his book is, Let's say you're a mother and you're busy doing something, you're cooking dinner, you're in the middle of something and your child wants you to play with them. It's like, mom, can can you come play with me? Oh, I can't right now. I'm too busy. I have no time. I have no time to play with you because I'm doing whatever it is I'm doing. But then if your child came to you and said, mom, I hurt myself. I'm bleeding. You would not say, well, I'm busy. I have no time for this. You would help your child. So why is it that Your child needs to be hurt to get your attention, to get your time. Or why is taking the time to play with your child just as important as tending to your child when they're hurt? It's about using time to your advantage, to its advantage, to whoever needs to know about the importance of time. And what Gay also talks about, which I find very interesting, is he talks about something called the upper limit problem. And an example of what that is, is let's say you had a really good day at work. You aced that presentation. Someone bought you lunch. You came home and it was like, ah, that was a really good day. And then you get into a fight with your partner. And that fight cancels out that good day that you just had. So why does that happen? What Gay says is that it's because you feel that perhaps you don't deserve that happiness, that you feel that it's not going to happen again. And so basically you're self-sabotaging yourself. You're letting the ego get in the way. It's also thinking how you deflect compliments that people give you. You know, it's like, oh, you know, that's such a beautiful dress. I love the colors on you. Oh, this old thing, you know, I've had it for forever. That was a really great presentation yeah you know um I, I I could have done better, you know, I missed that part about whatever, and so you're deflecting it instead of acknowledging and saying, Yes, thank you. I love this dress too. you know, it's my favorite color. yeah, that presentation you know went really well, and I enjoyed doing that, and yeah, there was a couple of things I missed, but you know, overall, I thought I really did a good job. Why is it important to stop deflecting? Why is it important to accept? that you are doing something well because that takes you out of your zone of genius you're back into that zone of excellence which is again excellence is not a bad thing but it's not your zone of genius by being in that zone of genius by accepting that life is good you reduce the times that you are self sabotaging yourself because when you're in the zone of genius you are lost in doing something that you love you're feeling that sense of joy, that sense of purpose. You're feeling that you are alive in the sense that you can't imagine doing anything else in that moment. And when you feel that sense of joy, when you feel that sense of purpose, when you feel happy, you're not deflecting, you're not self-sabotaging, you are fulfilling your life. You are not tied to time in a sense that you are making time, that you are locked into a clock. And what's interesting about being in that zone of genius or getting into the habit of being joyful, feeling happy, having that purpose is that you actually slow down, not time slowing down, but you actually slow down and you are not feeling rushed and you are not feeling panicky. And it's not that you are purposely planning, although that's part of it, but it comes easier to you. And that book made such an impact on me to think about how I can use time wisely in the sense that I'm not letting time control me, I'm controlling how I respond to time. So as I speed up my goals, my plans, my desires to continue working towards being in those zones of genius, making it more normal for me to be in that joyful moment versus being in the zone of excellence. I know that it will make a big difference for me and it'll make a big difference for those around me, my family, my, my husband. My husband's early. He's early for everything. He says being on time is being late. So as you can imagine over the years, We've had, our, <laughs> we've had our differences with me being late and him being early. So I know that when I am in my zone of genius, when everything is flowing, and that's a thing, when everything is flowing, you're not fighting anything. You're not feeling like you're that square peg trying to get into a round hole. There's no friction. Everything is flowing like water. And you're flowing through the day and you're flowing through the time and you're able to accomplish so much because you are not restricted by that feeling of that time is controlling you, that you are controlling your destiny. And so until next time, think about how you view time. Are you in that zone of genius? where everything is flowing, you have that purpose? Or are you in that zone of excellence and sometimes self-sabotaging yourself from feeling that joy, that purpose, that fulfillment? Thanks so much for listening. If you like Coffee with Jenny B and want to know more, connect with Jenny on Instagram at Coffee with Jenny B. That's Jenny with a G. Until then, all you need is joy and more coffee. Produced and distributed by the Sound Off Media Company. You looking to make the most out of this life and optimize your personal wellness? Then check out the Natural Man Podcast. Join me, host Mike C., as we explore all areas of human wellness